So here we are for another podcast of the Adelaide Entrepreneur Club, and today we have with us Rob Deptford. Uh, we met Rob on our journey. Rob's from Calgary, and for all those that uh, have watched Cool Runnings, you'll remember Calgary is the uh, significant uh, place in that particular journey of the guys from Jamaica. Uh, and Eddie the Eagle, I remember. Right. Was, that was Calgary as well, wasn't it? That was 1988, yeah. Not, not so long ago, it seems, and yet... <laughs> It was. It was yeah. a while back. Yep. Um, yeah, and so we met Rob in our journey, and Rob has a um, an, an interesting story, and, and um, what he does today is quite relevant for, for, for where businesses are today. So it was uh, just a great opportunity. I'm very thankful that Rob was willing to give up his time today to share his, his story with us so that we can learn. And I'll just give you a bit of an introduction to Rob so that uh, we know who we're, who we're about to talk to. Uh, Rob loves turning business professionals into video creators and showing them how to strategically communicate with their customers on video throughout the buying journey in order to generate more sales. He's the founder of EQ4 Media and he brings to that table 20 years of expertise in broadcasting, marketing, communications and coaching and he helps professionals become good online video communicators. So really looking forward to hearing about uh, Rob today. So first of all, thanks, Rob, for being with us today and, and, and giving up your time. Hey, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to join you again, Stephen. Oh, thanks, Rob. <laughs> I just thought we'd start with like, um, yeah, just to get to know a bit about your background and uh, you know, where you came from and, and, and where you got out to the point of where you are today. Sure. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's one of these cases, I think, of accidental entrepreneurship. And I hear from a lot of entrepreneurs that that's sort of how it happens for them. Um, but I did cut my teeth in broadcast years ago, uh, went through, through journalism school and started out in radio news and, and, uh, and, and spent some time uh, really enjoying that career, but not, not long enough when I look back on it now. Uh, it was fairly short-lived. Uh, my wife uh, back then was offered an opportunity in another city. Uh, I began looking for opportunities in that uh, new location. And the first thing to come along was uh, a communications opportunity on the corporate side of things. And, uh, and so that was the end of my broadcast career. Um, and, uh, and I went over to what we sometimes refer to in journalism as the dark side uh, the uh, you know you're, you're no longer the objective journalist now you're speaking on behalf of the company you work for right <laughs> and, okay. uh, um, and, and so that was interesting um, but at the same time using all of the same skills in many ways and when I look back now you know as they say sometimes connecting the dots is easier in hindsight uh, those skills, the communication skills, uh, both oral and written, have served me very well throughout the, the following 20 years in marketing and communications roles. Um, and then uh, into what I do today now with the online demand growing for uh, marketing and communication, and in particular, the video content that I help people create. Yeah, awesome. So, you know, in that journey of getting to where you are today, like, was there any significant challenges that you had to overcome that, that formed you, like formed the path for you at all? I think there were probably several along the way. 
Um, you know, we, what, what was interesting, I think, as I was kind of advancing in my career was the environment was changing quite quickly. So, you know, I started out and there were a lot of people in roles that had been there for their entire careers. There's still lots of people that were working, you know, 25, 30, 35, 40 years in the same company in the same kinds of roles, uh, just kind of becoming more senior. And the job market was beginning to really evolve, and especially in the media industry where we saw a lot of convergence. Uh, big media companies were buying up all the small local outlets uh, and uh, you know, newspapers and broadcasters and, and all of these media companies were, were suddenly under the same umbrella. And with that, they were creating a lot of efficiencies and there was a lot of adapting having to be done on my part, as well as, as anybody else working in those industries, uh, to, to be able to keep up with the necessary skill sets, to be able to do more with less, as, all, as companies are always looking to do, um, and to, to learn new skills along the way. Um, and, and so, um, you know, we're, we're faced with those challenges all the time, uh, especially now being an entrepreneur, we're always facing challenges of, okay, that the market is changing or you know, something has happened externally that we have to adapt to and we really have to be able to pivot quickly. Yeah. Um, so yes, lots of challenges, but they've all been really good learning experiences. So just maybe if we explore a bit more that change where you went from you know, was there a specific timing where you changed from um, you know, the corporate world, so to speak, into entrepreneurship or did, did it gradually occur over time? So what, what, did, what was that period like for you and how did that change occur? One of the last jobs I had was, uh, was with a, a university engineering school. And it was interesting um, because my role was really to promote the school across the country. So I did a lot of traveling and a lot of presentations to different stakeholders. And again, using that, that skill set. Um, but the, the, the management, the boss I had uh, to start with in that role was very uh, entrepreneurial herself. And really, uh, I, I suppose, encouraged me to delve into my strategic abilities a little bit more be more creative uh, and, and think about how to do things uh, better uh, using my own head instead of waiting for direction to come from up, up higher up someplace, uh, which often happens in, in corporations. And so I got pretty good at that uh, over time and really started to feel inside that, you know, maybe this entrepreneurship idea is, is for me. Maybe uh, I could make a go of this. Um, and, uh, and I didn't jump into it right away necessarily, but I did find that as I continued to work, uh, I started to really value the autonomy and the opportunity to have some thought leadership and processes. Um, but in, and at the same time feeling like, uh, maybe it was, I was in a little bit of a trap sometimes because of the corporate structure, the hierarchy in a large organization. So you could have a terrific idea and you could, you could know in your heart that it would work well, but it's very difficult to make it happen because you're, you're disconnected from the people upstairs who actually make the decisions and make things happen. So how did you make it happen for yourself? 
Well, I, so th- this is the, I guess, the advantage of choosing to be an op- entrepreneur is you make yourself the president, right? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so suddenly, you know, the, the, the decisions are all up to you. Um, and at the same time, you know, the risks and the rewards are, are yours to deal with as well. Um, and, uh, and it's much more directly uh, they're impactful, I guess. Uh, if you make a decision that's, that's a good decision, uh, it works out well and, and you're happy with yourself. But if you make a bad decision, you might not buy groceries next week. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, so and, it's, yeah, it, and it's, it's like what you're saying. Like we spoke to an a Australian guy um, uh, recently, John North, who we did a podcast with, and he said something which is, just so true and I never thought about that before but today you know anyone can start a business like you can like you can just start you can anyone can start a business they can start one tomorrow you don't need the overhead that you used to have to have to start a business so yeah so it's yeah, taking the entrepreneurial step and becoming your own president you could decide to do that tomorrow yeah yeah oh, awesome so so what do, what is what is your entrepreneurial endeavor um, at the moment then, uh, Rob? Well, it's interesting because I've been working in this video space for a while now, uh, and um, because of global circumstances with this pandemic we're all dealing with, uh, we've got a situation where companies really have no choice now but to look at embracing the digital space a lot more. Uh, and moving operations as much as possible into that that digital space. So a big part of that is connecting with consumers, uh, and and video is a powerful way to do that. So uh, as much as I've been kind of working in that space and and focused on helping people develop the skill set to essentially broadcast their brand, uh, we're now in a place where uh, I'm looking at expanding on that, um, and, uh, and there's going to be some more offerings to come uh, as we transition and, again, adapt to what circumstances are uh, with companies having to really shift how they operate. Yeah. So just going back then, when you transitioned into entrepreneurship, what was it, what was it that you started with? What was your entrepreneurial endeavor that you, that you embarked on? So I started wanting to do... Uh, just video production work for people. And, uh, and so I did a lot of that, actually. I, I went out to several local companies. I did some work for uh, some dental offices locally. Uh, I did some work for uh, some international companies as well. Uh, a, you know, a book publisher, uh, a spindle repair company, uh, you know, quite, a, quite a wide variety of, of different organizations um, and, uh, and it was good work. But what I found was, you know, I'm just one person. Uh, technology was changing uh, quite quickly now. And now there are a lot of opportunities for people who are willing to take the time to learn to edit and produce video themselves. Uh, and as well, it's getting, even if you don't want to do it yourself, it's getting much more affordable to pay somebody else to do it through uh, gig sites like Fiverr, for example. Um, so I, I could sort of see that this wasn't something that was going to be a good long-term strategy for me because it takes a lot of time. You can spend a whole day creating a 30-second video for somebody uh, if you're really into the creative process and putting a lot of, of different uh, 
uh, elements into it. Um, and, uh, and the expectation on the consumer side is that they should get 30 seconds of video quite cheaply. So that wasn't going to pay my bills. Uh, and so there was kind of my first test of, uh, of the entrepreneurial waters and, and having some success, but going, okay, you know, I, I've got to do this differently. I've got to be strategic about this and think about the longer term and how this is going to be sustainable for me. Wow. And what was the tradition, the transition for you from a, a work perspective? Did you continue on doing working corporately while you were setting up your, your entrepreneurial endeavor or was it a, a clean stop at, at some point? Uh, no, it was. So initially when I started, I, I, um, I worked for a while at it, a few months, and then I went back to a full-time job and sort of kept doing it on the side. Um, and uh, it came to a point where my full-time job really became an inconvenience. Um, and uh, we were fortunate. Um, my wife uh, works and continues to work. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, we, we've got kind of, uh, I've been very lucky. She's been very supportive. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we've been able to kind of cruise along while she continues to work and I continue to build the business. And so there was a bit of a transition period there for sure. Uh, but, uh, it has worked out well. So let me ask you, what was the feeling like of leaving the corporate world behind you when you knew it was going to be, this is it. I'm done with it forever. What sort of feelings did you have with that? Uh, you know what? In, in some ways, uh, a little bit concerned, I suppose, well, because I, there, I mean, there, there is this sense of security, I think, tied to having a steady corporate gig and, uh, or, you know, the traditional full-time job. And um, as, as much as I don't really think that it is what it used to be years ago, um, there's still that perception that, you know, the, the monthly paycheck or the biweekly paycheck um, is, you know, it's reliable. Um, and, uh, and there's something that is just um, satisfying about that and puts you at ease. You, get, you have a little bit of peace of mind around that. Yeah. Well, I, the two emotions that jumped to my head, I thought, you know, the joy and happiness, <laughs> um, you know, leaving a, and what you just said there about um, security is just such a good point. Like I remember reading Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad for the first time. And the bit that I couldn't comprehend is, is I think it was in that book. He told the story about how he got so broke on his first business that he ended up sleeping in his car. And that was, and that was a decision you made. I could go get a job or I could just rough this out and I've got to sleep in my car for a while. And, and it was like, you know, for someone that was reliant like me on, on, a, on a paycheck every month, that thought pattern, like, I, I don't want to have go work for someone so bad, I'd rather sleep in my car. Like that whole thought train just really, for someone that like me that was, you know, I guess, tied to a paycheck for 30 years, that really just struck, just, just, yeah, it was just thinking I'd never heard of before. Yeah. Well, and that's a great example with rich dad, poor dad. Uh, and, uh, and I think, 
you know, we, we, we were taught to uh, follow that formula, right? The, the poor dad formula, go to school, get a job, climb the corporate ladder, earn your monthly salary, uh, and everything will work out well. Uh, but I, I think that uh, when we look at what's happening in the bigger picture right now, we do have a growing gig economy. Um, contractors uh, tend to do quite well in a gig economy. Uh, we've got automation in a lot of industries that, uh, that is eliminating uh, traditional types of jobs. Uh, we've, we've got you know, all of these factors that are changing the world of work. And uh, with that, a huge opportunity for us to take things into our own hands and sort of step into the driver's seat, so to speak. Um, And, uh, you know, you talked about the sense of relief leaving behind the corporate world. Well, there's that too, right? If you have, if you value, like I mentioned earlier, the value of having that autonomy and the opportunity to be that thought leader and make the decisions, those are big values for me. So that was the other side or the other uh, emotion involved um, in, uh, in making the jump was, you know, now I've got, I've got what I dream of, what I value. I just have to make it work <laughs> or I might not buy groceries next week, as I said. Right? <laughs> uh, but it's a, but it, that's such a good position to be in because now it's, it is up to you as opposed to someone else. Like it's your, your, it's it's completely up to you, which is such a great position to be in. So, where do you see yourself going from here, Rob? Like, where, what do you see as um, as the future for you? What can you see in the future? Well, I'm excited. I, uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting because when I started doing this business, I was telling people, you got to get on video, you've got to get in the digital space, you need to do more of this because this is the direction the world is headed. We're going to have a digital first business environment. And people would say, oh no, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, Rob, or we're, we're not there yet, or we do things traditionally, we like to meet face to face and all of that. And I get that. Um, you know, old habits die hard. And if something isn't broken, you don't fix it. And there is uh, certainly something about face-to-face business and meeting people and smiling and shaking hands and all of that. I I get it. Um, Now, though, um, we don't have a a lot of choice but to make some change. And uh, and so all of those people who were sort of, oh, no, we're we're not going to make this change. We're not going to embrace the digital space. Well, now you have to do it. Uh, because uh, in some cases, it's survival of the fittest. Um, And and so uh, I see a lot of opportunity for what I'm trying to bring to the world in in terms of value. uh, As people learn how to get on camera, deliver a message, make contact with customers in as close a way as possible as to -to face-to-face, uh, and you know, deliver content and make sales and uh, and feel like they can continue on with business. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So, out of I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, if that's all right. Sure. First one is, and I think I may have asked you this when we first met, but just to get to know a little bit more about about Rob. But what's something interesting about yourself, Rob, that you haven't told us so far, or that you would like to share? <laughs> well, um, that, that's a, a question I could go a lot of different directions with, I'm sure. But uh, something I just was talking about the other day with, with somebody else was uh, we we're talking about skiing. 
And uh, being in Canada and in Calgary, of course, you know, we talked about Eddie the Eagle earlier. Um, we've got skiing at our, our back door uh, through the winter. Uh, but I didn't grow up skiing. Uh, my wife was a skier growing up and she said that, you know, we, we wanted to, she wanted to make skiing a family activity uh, at some point. And, um, and so I decided to learn to ski when I was 34. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, and we, we've been doing it now for years. And our, my kids, of course, leave me in the dust now. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're off flying off the jumps like Eddie the Eagle, only better. <laughs> and, uh, and I stick to the, uh, the blue and green runs and the occasional black, but not many. <laughs> and, uh, oh, funny. Because yeah, you've got, because how far is Calgary from, you, like you live in Calgary, so the snow is like on your doorstep or? Well, in the winter, uh, you know, the, the, the ski season starts around November and we're about 90 minutes from Banff. Wow. Uh, from where we are in the city. So we've got options, uh, several different options as far as ski uh, resorts out west. Awesome. So the question I'm going to ask you here, I'll, I'll get this right. I normally read it out and I've got my notebook there, so I'll aim to remember this. But there's a question I was asked probably about a just over a week ago now, and I didn't have an answer for it when I was first asked it. Um, but I've asked everyone we've met since this, this particular question because um, it's just the same fact for us. But the question is simply, what, uh, I've got to get it, I've got to. Donna, <laughs> okay. just help me with this one. What difference do you want to make in this world? What difference do I want to make? In this world, yeah, because we're not passengers. That's the yeah. bit that I, I started like, we're not passengers on this life. So what difference do you want to make in this, in this world? Well, it's an interesting question because a, a, a similar question I ask myself often is what legacy do I want to leave? And I, yeah. and I think they're kind of in the same vein. Yeah. And I, I like the question because it's, it's one that I think the answer is very fluid to. I'm, I'm changing it as I go. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, I have some idea that I want to leave behind uh, something that my kids can be proud of, right? Something that um, I, I've, I've said before, I, I want to leave behind the story of me in some ways because we have the opportunity to do that now. Uh, where where we we maybe didn't before, you know, it, uh, it's certainly much easier with uh, with the internet these days and things like this that are recorded and digitized and available forever. Yeah. Um, so you know, if anything, I, I think uh, I would like to make a difference in terms of how people shift their mindset around. Uh, how they live, how they work, and how they embrace the di the digital space. And I hope that my kids one day can look back and say, "Hey, Dad was a little bit of a pioneer yeah, in the yeah. video space." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like you know, just to just to do something that your family or you know, your kids are proud and rem remember you from. Because, like, I don't even sadly don't. There's no reflect. This is a reflection on me, I guess. But sadly, I don't even know the names of my grandparents. Um, you, know, um, you know, so part of, I guess, the legacy is creating something enough significant that people 
point out the photo and go, I, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for granddad so and so, it would just be so cool. Even though you won't be here to see it, <laughs> right? Um, just to finish with is what what um, so we had a number of different listeners from different backgrounds, mainly uh, people that are on some sort of path of change. Um, what's some? What's one last thing you'd like to share with us, Rob, on on anything that that's an important subject to you? But uh, what's what's something you'd like to share? I think right now uh, I would just want to encourage people to continue to move forward in whatever it is they're dreaming of doing. Um, one of the things I see happening is um, there, there's a lot happening in the world right now that is, I think, discouraging, uh, especially for people who are in the entrepreneurial space. Um, you know, they, there are outside circumstances that people cannot control that are, are forcing people to make very difficult decisions about how their business will, will look going forward. Um, but I would just say that... Um, you know, it, we are all resourceful and uh, entrepreneurs uh, are, are uniquely built to adapt. And so I would just encourage people to continue to look forward and stay positive and uh, let's, uh, let's look to better days ahead. Yeah, uh, awesome. Thanks for that. Um, such a good message because it really is a tough gig. Um, just finished reading or in the middle of reading a book called Talent is Overrated. Um, by Jeff Colvin, and it, and it really does talk about, you know, it's a long road um, and it takes effort, but it's worth it, right? But that's the separator between, he talks about that being the separator is, you know, deliberate practice over a period of time, which most people aren't prepared to do. So, so you're right, just keep moving forward, just keep taking those steps day by day. And then one day you'll look back and see the culmination of all those small daily steps that you took. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Rob. Really did appreciate it. It's been so good listening to your story and your thoughts. So just, yeah, again, thank you very much. It's very appreciative of, of you taking your time. Oh, I appreciate it, Stephen. Great conversation. Thank you very much.